Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Good morning, friends. We are live on the second Sunday of Advent of 2023. Welcome. And it is the 10th of December, and we are going to light the Advent candles. We are going to sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We are going to delve into the scriptures for today. And we're going to face the question of hastening the day of the Lord and what it means that every mountain will be made low and every valley will be raised up. We have a culture of life to build. We have a lot of evils to eradicate. We have a lot of enemies to sweep out of the way with spiritual tools and the grace of the Christ who comes. So let's turn to the Lord in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this Advent wreath. We thank you for the color of purple, which reminds us that the darkness is about to turn into day, that the sun is about to rise. We thank you for the the circle of this wreath, which reminds us of the eternity of your love and of the fact that you plan to come for us from all eternity. There was never a time when you did not intend to come. You did not have to be persuaded to come. You come because of your eternal love. There is no end to it. There is no way to exhaust it. And so, Lord, as we light today the second of the four Advent candles, we ask you to increase the light of your word within us. May we understand it more deeply, live it more faithfully, and proclaim it more effectively, and increase your light in this world, Lord. Let us be light for a culture of life amidst the culture of death. We pray to the the Christ who has promised he is coming, and he is coming soon. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, O Israel, to thee shall come Emmanuel. He is coming, brothers and sisters. You know, we're we're living the season of Advent and Every year, there are four Sundays prior to Christmas, the four Sundays of Advent. But the fourth week of Advent varies in its length. And this year, it's as short as it can be, because the fourth Sunday of Advent, just two weeks from today, is in fact Christmas Eve. So we have a shorter Advent this year. In a sense, it makes it feel like Christmas is coming faster. And uh, let's use uh, this uh, shorter Advent to even more intensely each day move into the Word of God and the kingdom of life that it represents. So, I want to do all the readings today because they're all obviously connected together and powerful lessons about Advent. We begin with a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Comfort. Give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end, her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. 
a voice cries out, In the desert prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rugged land shall be made a plain, the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Go up unto a high mountain. Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out, and say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. Here comes with power the Lord God, who rules by His strong arm. Here is His reward with Him, His recompense before Him. Like a shepherd, He feeds His flock. In His arms, He gathers the lambs, carrying them in His bosom, and leading the ewes with care. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, let us see Your kindness and grant us Your salvation. Lord, let us see Your kindness and grant us Your salvation. I will hear what God proclaims, the Lord, for He proclaims peace to His people. Near indeed is His salvation to those who fear Him, glory dwelling in our land. Lord, let us see Your kindness and grant us Your salvation. Kindness and truth shall meet, justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and justice shall look down from heaven. Lord, let us see Your kindness and grant us Your salvation. The Lord Himself will give His benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before Him and prepare the way of His steps. Lord, let us see Your kindness and grant us Your salvation. A reading from the second letter of St. Peter. Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord... One day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay His promise, as some regard delay, but He is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar, and the elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be, conducting yourselves in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire? But according to His promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before Him at peace. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the Gospel reading today is from St. Mark. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. 
make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey. And this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The prophecy of Isaiah that we read here today in the first reading is how Handel's Messiah begins. The great oratorio that talks about the coming of the Lord, all the prophecies, and leads us through the, the promises of His coming, His birth, His life, His death, His resurrection, His second coming. That beautiful oratorio begins with, Comfort ye, my people. Of course, there's the prelude. But then the first words, this prophecy from Isaiah chapter 40. Because it is about comfort. That's why the gospel is the good news. That's why we wait in joyful hope. That's why Advent is happy. Come, Lord Jesus, because we need your coming to give us comfort. Why comfort? Because things are messed up. We're alienated from God. We need comfort because we recognize that we have been alienated from our only hope, our only life, our only secure foundation, our only salvation. And the comfort He brings is that He comes to reconcile us. That's it in a nutshell. By reconciling us to the Father, He overcomes the power of sin, gets rid of death, and prepares for that new heavens and new earth. You notice in the second reading, this is what we mean by integral salvation. It's not just the salvation of souls. It's the salvation of bodies. It's the salvation of relationships. It's the salvation of nations. It's the salvation of the physical universe. We await new heavens and a new earth. Now, Peter says, oh, everything's going to be dissolved with a mighty roar. Yes, to purify, not to destroy. Everything is going to be dissolved by fire because evil must be exposed and eradicated. And forever, evil will be separated from good. Forever, life separated from death. Forever, falsehood separated from truth. God is the great divider. We've preached about that many times. The coming of the Lord brings about that final division, that definitive separation from good and evil. Jesus spoke about this in so many different ways. The parable of the weeds and the wheat, right? The, the drag net, and the, they bring in the nets filled with all kinds of things, and then they separate what is useful from what is garbage. This is the coming of the Lord. Now, we have an interesting distinction here in, um, in, uh, in punctuation between the prophecy of Isaiah when he says, A voice cries out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Because in the, in the Isaiah passage here, it's a voice cries out, colon. Here's what he cries. In the desert, 
prepare a way of the Lord. Okay, so the desert is the place where you have to prepare the road for the Lord to come on it. But then in the Gospel, when Mark quotes this prophecy of Isaiah, it says, Behold, I am sending my messenger to prepare your way. He is a voice crying out in the desert, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now, both are true. It feels like we're crying out in the desert very often. In other words, who's, where is everybody? Is anybody listening to us? Voice crying out in the desert. Parents trying to discipline their children. Pastors trying to preach to their congregation. Trying to convince your fellow voters to vote for the right people. Voice crying out in the wilderness. We have to cry out nonetheless. Because people will hear the voice in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight His paths. Now, this coming of the Lord means every valley will be exalted and every mountain and hill made low. Brothers and sisters, this means so many different things. The filling up of a valley and the laying low of a mountain. Think of all the different things that can represent when we consider what the coming of the Lord means and what the preparation for that coming entails. Every valley shall be filled in. Valleys can represent weakness and emptiness. Being low, feeling low. Weakness and emptiness. How weak are we in the face of temptation? Especially frequent temptations that we have faced so many different times, we keep falling into the same sins. It's like you're walking along and all of a sudden you go down into this deep valley. And you can't seem to get it out of the way. All the weaknesses of our human nature will be gone. Now the Lord has already come. We still have those weaknesses. But in Him we have grace to begin building from strength to strength until at His final coming we will be made perfect as His Father is perfect. And He said that's the goal of our, our journey here in this life. Become perfect through purification. Every valley shall be exalted. The emptiness, the emptiness, the loneliness of life, the loneliness especially when people abandon one another and are unfaithful to one another. It's a, it's a, it's a loneliness. You know, I, uh, I, I've seen an interesting reaction on the part of uh, uh, some people, and it really is a small minority of people because you are with me and most people uh, across this, this land and, and uh, in the pro-life movement in association with my Ministry of Priests for Life have been um, absolutely faithful uh, to one another and to me and to our mission, even with all the things that happened to me over the past year, being uh, told by Pope Francis, oh, you can't be, a, you can't be functioning as a priest anymore. Um, but some have decided to use the, the valley to shun. It, it's, 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 a, it's a fascinating thing. It shows that they're not really concerned about, uh, about anything relating to the law or justice or, hey, you have to do the right thing or, hey, you have to be obedient and or whatever other things people want to say. They shun. They behave like a cult. You know, in a cult when somebody is, has displeased the authorities and they get expelled, it's like people literally behave as if they don't exist. 
They, they, erase any memory of them. Don't even mention their name. If they try to communicate with you, you don't even acknowledge that they tried. Is absolutely zero, zilch, flatline, nothing. Shunning. That's the behavior of a cult. It's not behavior of a healthy, healthy family and certainly not the behavior of a church and most certainly not the behavior of the church that Jesus Christ founded, the Catholic Church not the behavior of those who belong to his body across all denominations, and yet some choose to engage in it. This shunning activity, well, that will be done away with because in the kingdom and when the Lord comes, he unites, he comes to unite us. And those that don't want that, well, they can, they can reject Christ himself and they'll be banished. Well, you really want to know what shunning is. At, that, at the last judgment, they will find out. But the people of the Lord are one. They are united. This is one of the valleys that gets filled in. Any kind of shunning, any kind of willful division, any kind of unnecessary conflict, any kind of barriers, false barriers people put up between each other. And that's where the pro-life message comes in. What are the false barriers we have put up in terms of the unborn? This is a real valley. This eclipse of reason, this lack of understanding, this forgetfulness of who the unborn are. They're our brothers and sisters. They're children. They're, they're, they're one of us. And yet we put up this false wall, this false division, that somehow they are, they are unborn. We are, we are born. And we somehow... Oh, somebody is saying it's poor sound quality. Uh, let me know if you're having any difficulty with the sound. I'll, I'll raise it up if I need to. Um, people are, are, are pretending as if the unborn are not equal to the rest of us. They are equal to the rest of us. They are persons like the rest of us. And um, every valley shall be exalted. Everyone who was forgotten, everyone who was pushed to the side, is going to be welcomed in again. So every mountain will be made low. Mountains, obstacles in the way. You have obstacles in the way of um, following the Lord. You have obstacles in the way uh, because of, well, one of the things this represents is pride and arrogance. Our arrogance is an obstacle in the way of us finding the Lord, following the Lord, being faithful to the Lord. Because if we think that we have the, the answers ourselves and we don't need the revelation of God, the teaching of Christ and His church and the grace of the Holy Spirit, if we don't think our conscience needs to be formed, but we can decide for ourselves what's right and what's wrong. If we each, all of us, write our own commandments and our own gospels, and this is exactly the way that some people and groups in our society think, well, then that's a mountain. Every mountain shall be made low. The arrogance. And this, again, I want to bring back to pro-life. What an arrogance it is. To think that we can draw the lines about what human lives are going to be protected and which ones aren't. Who in the world do we think we are? That we can take some babies and say they're not persons. Who do we think we are? 
that we can authorize the dismemberment of a child. That authority has not been given to any human being. That authority has not been granted to any human institution. No court, no king or queen, no governor, no ruler, no, no, no congress, no lawmaking body, nothing, nobody in anywhere at any time has been given the authority to, author, to authorize the killing of a baby. Every mountain shall be made low. When a state, when a nation thinks it can authorize abortion, it is putting up a mountain of arrogance that stinks to the heavens and that Almighty God is coming against. Look at what this passage again says from uh, St. Peter. The Lord will come, the day of the Lord will come, like a thief. The heavens will pass away with a mighty roar, the elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. In other words, the arrogance by which we set up policies like abortion will be revealed so everybody sees it for what it is. This is one of the things that happens at the coming of the Lord and that will happen at the judgment. Now, the same Lord has already come, and this is why, by His grace, if we are led by Him, filled with the Holy Spirit, we can come to see these things even before they are revealed at the final judgment with the heavens passing away with, with fire. We can see it now, but not everybody does because not everybody pays attention to the Word of God. Finally, can we hasten it? Can we make Jesus come sooner? Well, nobody knows when the Lord is coming. And the Lord knows when that's going to be. It's not up to us, it's up to Him. But how is it up to Him? He sets things up so that we actually have a hand in it. Now, He foresees everything. He's already figured it all out. He knows when He's coming back. But does He factor in what we do in the meantime? Seems like He does. Peter says here, he's waiting for all to repent. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Now, he's not going to wait forever. The, 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 the cry goes out at midnight, the bridegroom is here, the bridesmaids go in, and then the wedding door is shut, right? And those that didn't, that, that, that didn't prepare were right for the, the oil in their lamps. They couldn't get in. The time comes. The door gets closed. The window shuts. But, he delays in as much as he is patient, as Peter says, wishing not that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it would seem to me, having just said that, when he says, given all of this, what kind of people should you be? Living in holiness, way yes, waiting for the coming, but he says hastening it. He says it right here, and hastening it. Well, if he said he's waiting for everybody to repent, maybe we hasten it by repenting sooner and by getting more, more people to repent. In other words, by doing the work of spreading the gospel, by doing the work of being watchmen for the house of Israel. Like he says to the, um, through the prophet Ezekiel, that we are to be unafraid to carry out what we've later identified as a spiritual work of mercy, to warn the sinner. And we not be afraid to warn 
the sinner. The more we can bring people to repentance, the quicker the day of the Lord comes. Don't we feel the need for Jesus to come? Don't we feel the urgency? This, in some ways, is more of an advent than ever before. Because with the things going on in the world, the tumult, the wars, with the things going on in the nation, the absolute, unapologetic, unmasked fury being systematically launched against everything that we believe in and the freedoms that we enjoy and the principles on which our nation is based, unabashed opposition to this on the part of a major political party, the Democrat Party, absolutely weaponizing government, weaponizing government, turning government, turning the the methods and processes of government against their political opponents, first and foremost President Trump, and against us, against all of us who believe in the gospel, they are weaponizing government. Look what they did to our friend and colleague Mark Houck and many others. Peaceful pro-life demonstrator, the FBI raids his home in the morning with, with, with drawn guns. This has become a weaponized government. This has become a police state. Do we need the coming of the Lord or what? Now we do what we're going to do in the meantime. We do what we need to do while we're waiting for and hastening by by more and more repentance, the coming of the Lord. We do what we need to do, but we cry out, Lord, come quickly and do not delay. Bring salvation to your people. That's the cry of those who are looking for justice. That's the cry of those who are trying to protect the defenseless. That's the cry of those trying to build a culture of life. That's the cry of those who want to save America from tyranny. I'm going to say it clear once again. The Democrat Party hates America and they want to bring tyranny to America and that's what they're trying to do. And we resist that. And we resist it by name. This is the reason why some leaders in the church have gotten mad at me because I call it out by name. And if any of them are listening, hey, guess what? Look, look, look at this, guys. Oh, oh, what? I haven't shut up. I haven't stopped saying it. I'm not going to stop saying it. You have to start saying it. How are we going to set our people free? How are we going to prepare the way of the Lord in the desert? How, how is he going to make the crooked ways straight? How are we going to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah and the message of John the Baptist? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this if we're silent? You're not going to shut me up. We've got to wake you up. Those of you church leaders who are silent, you don't want to call out the Democrats for the evil that they do. Call them out starting today. Repent of your silence. Don't try to silence the rest of us. First of all, that's wrong to do that. Secondly, it's just not going to work. And third, why don't you start doing what you've been called to do? And call these people out. By name, Biden, the disaster in the White House, all the Democrat Party, they're destroying America. You get on the side of those that are conservative, you get on the side of those that you think are a problem, they're the best friends of the church. You look at the ones who foster religious liberty, 
You look at the, 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 the people who are bringing about the freedom of you and me to practice our faith. You need them. You don't need to be criticizing them. You need them. And so, brothers and sisters, the Lord is coming back. You know, one of the reasons we can be honest and courageous and speak plainly and speak the truth without worrying about who's going to be troubled by it or offended by it, or who's going to come after us and try to punish us and silence us and sideline us and ostracize us and, and shun us, the reason we keep on going with full force is that Jesus is coming back soon. Boy, when He comes back, we're not going to regret one word that we said of truth and calling others to repentance. We're not going to regret anything. Those who were silent and those who persecuted the people that they thought were too conservative, they're the ones that are going to be sorry that they even started down that path. The Lord is coming. He's coming soon. Every valley will be exalted, every mountain and hill made low. And we, by our repentance and by our calling others to repentance, will hasten the day of that coming. Brothers and sisters, as we continue to live this Advent together, let's, let's, let's truly do it in the conviction that perhaps there has never been a more heartfelt Advent than now in 2023. Perhaps that cry arising from the depths of the human soul, recognizing the dangers we are in, the confusion that is in the church, the division that is amongst us, and the destruction happening to not only America, but to other nations that embrace similar principles, makes it more urgent than ever that Jesus come, makes that, that desire we have more deep than ever, that He come, and that He comes soon for that. Let's pray. Come, Lord Jesus. We have lit the second candle today, Lord, because the light grows stronger in overcoming the darkness. May we be that light. May we grow stronger. When may we speak louder. May we speak more clearly. May we be more united with one another. May we step up and, and help each other more to get the word out. Build a culture of life and safeguard this great nation and other nations that we also want to serve and help. Lord God, come as you have promised. Bring us salvation. Bring us the victory of truth over falsehood, of grace over sin, of life over death in all its forms, starting with abortion. Conquer these evils, Lord Jesus. Come. And bring us the joy of Christmas. We now pray as you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Friends, tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 p.m., not our usual time of broadcast, I'm going to bring a special live address right from this studio to the pro-life movement and to the country in regard to these pro-abortion initiatives that have been launched and are being launched in various states to make abortion on demand the, the constitutional policy in that state. We're going to talk about this because I need to blow the whistle on a number of, uh, on a number of messagings that are going out that are, that are not helpful. Uh, I want to set uh, uh, a few points out there that will help you be encouraged and uh, give some direction as to how we are to uh, deal with this ongoing battle. So tune in for that special message uh, tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, right on the same uh, platforms that you're watching me now. Let's keep each other in prayer as we enjoy this Advent Sunday, and we will talk to you later. God bless. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to prolifegift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much, and be assured of our daily prayers for you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.